When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TV, comics, movie stars, hit singles and some toys. It's trivia and dirty jokes, an evening with the boys. Once is never good enough for something so fantastic. So here's another Gilbert and Franks. Here's another Gilbert and Franks. Here's another Gilbert and Franks. Colossal classic. Hi there, I'm Jackie the Joke Man Marling, and I've had the exquisite pleasure of once again being on Gilbert Gottfried's amazing Colossal Podcast with the wonderful Gilbert Gottfried and the equally amazing Frank Santopadre. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and we're uh, for the time being, believe it or not, <laughs> I think maybe the last time. It could be the last time, or maybe we'll be in a section of the street with it where it used to be, but nutmeg with our engineer Frank Verderosa. If he hasn't hung himself yet. (laughs) Our guest this week is a producer, director, and one of the most versatile and admired film and television actresses of the last five decades, and one of Frank and my favorite actresses to boot. You've seen her in popular TV shows such as Will and Grace, Malcolm in the Middle, Grey's Anatomy, The L Word, Private Practice, Girls, and Ray Donovan, and the TV movie, The Executioner Song, for which she was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series. You also know her for her work from dozens of notable feature films, including Desperately Seeking Susan, Baby It's You, Eight Million Ways to Die, Silverado, After Hours, New York Stories, The Big Blue, Crash, The Whole Nine Yards, and Pulp Fiction. She's also directed two well-received documentaries, Searching for Deborah Winger, and the music documentary, All We Are Saying, which features a who's who of her musical heroes, including Elton John, Joni Mitchell, Stevie Nicks, Elvis Costello, and Annie Lennox, in a long and very successful career that started when she was still a teenager, she worked with icons like Betty Davis, Jane Fonda, Michael Jackson, Madonna, 
Martin Scorsese, and David Bowie, as well as former podcast guests like Steve Buscemi, Buck Henry, Eliana Douglas, and Dick Miller. Please welcome to the show a woman who hung with Paul McCartney and demonstrated with Martin Luther King and saw Bob Dylan go electric. An artist of many talents and a self-described hippie and flower child, the fabulous Rosanna Arquette. Wow, that's really nice. Hi. <laughs> hi, thank hi, you so much. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you so much. Um, I feel very honored to be here and just found myself getting very emotional when you're reading my resume. <laughs> um, uh, thank you. Thank it, you. It's, it's very nice of you to do that. It could also be used as an obituary. <laughs> I know that. By the way, I was sitting here and thinking like, yeah, is this, is this, is this, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dead yet the last time I looked. I'm, I'm still here, you know. We're all still here is the way it's going right now. Let's just try to be grateful for we'll try breathing grateful and being here, right? Yeah. It's nutty. Even now, though nutmeg is on life support. Yeah. Now, the first question and most important one for me, and then I may leave afterwards, are you Jewish? Yes. <laughs> my mother was a Jew, which would make me a Jew, but my father was Christian, which, and, and then they both became Muslims for a while. And uh, so we grew up with all religions. I find myself, I'm very, I feel very connected to God in, in, in all forms, whatever, male, female, the energy of love to me is God. And, um, but uh, I'm married to right now to, to a Jewish man and he really, um, you know, loves, loves Judaism. And so it's kind of brought me into it a lot more, but I don't really consider myself really religious. I I just do believe in a higher energy, and uh, he'd probably be mad at me. But that's just no, because Gilbert's highly religious. Are you? <laughs> Are you Rick yeah. Gilbert? Yeah, Are he you? is. No, I do you I, celebrate like the holidays. Could be Rabbi Shmuley. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do, you, do you celebrate? Do you celebrate the high holidays and that? I I eat ham. <laughs> I, a bad I, I, You're I don't a bad know. Jew. <laughs> I'm a horrible Jew. <laughs> yes. I I, I, I don't know when the holidays are. Yeah. I don't fast. And, uh, but, you know, just, I know I'm a Jew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, according to the Jewish religion, you know, you are if your mother is. So my mother was. And she was raised Orthodox. But you were born right here in the city? I was born in Mount Sinai Hospital. Mount Sinai. Yeah. Far from here. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, a, New, you're a New Yorker like us. At I'm March. a New Yorker. I am. Yes. I, you know, it was interesting this trip. It, it's really it has changed a lot. Sure. And it's oh my. And God. it really feels. I just um, said, oh my god. I'm alarmed. I say, I say, oh my god, a lot. I have yeah, to. See, I do. But, but I, when I, I say it. People take uh, uh, Defense, puff on our, their No, our, our listeners have started a drinking game based on things we say over and over again. Really? And Gilbert oh, that, says, oh, my that, God, a lot. Yeah. I say, I, oh, my God, a lot. So, so start drinking, guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's going to be overdoses <laughs> happening now. <laughs> I think they do that. They also do that on um, on uh, Andy Cohen. 
Yeah. They they what he said the yeah, secret word and then so, right. they they had it. Oh, what? Oh, David Caruso went on that show where he's the detective. Oh, yes. Whenever he'd play with his sunglasses, take them off or put them back on, they people would get would Have take a, a slug. Where's our Where's our drink? Very strange. <laughs> Everything, everything's been stripped from here. No, exactly. No booze. No booze. That's okay. Yeah. But your, your dad, before your dad uh, converted, your dad, we should also point out your dad, obviously people know about your famous family, and your dad was Louis Arquette. My dad was Did you know him? I know it. You know, I knew him from the Waltons. You know, it was so funny because I, yes, but I, he's and also other was Christopher, you know, yes, guest. Yes, he was a film, second so city guy. He was a second city guy, the committee in San Francisco, yep. and then he's also was one of Chris guests. Guys, yeah, he's in Guffman. He, he's in Guffman, and he's also. I just. Oh, he's was, in Best in Show. I just watched Best in Show on the right. plane coming because I just needed a laugh. That's great. And I love Parker Posey, and I love everybody in that movie. It makes me laugh that that movie. And I forgot my dad was just in the beginning of it. He he was he wasn't feeling well then. He was sick, but it was great. To, he was like, oh yeah, he was there. He's in a million things. He's he one is. of those faces. He was on Lou Grant. He was yeah. on Barney Miller. Yeah. He, he's one of those faces you recognize from from sixties and seventies TV. And he had and, that voice. He yes. had a great voice. Yes, yes. And as as a kid, I grew up watching Hollywood Squares. So that was my grandfather. Yeah. Yes. Did you uh, watch that show? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Cl- Cliff Arquette. Cliff Arquette. Charlie Better Weaver. Better known as Charlie Weaver. I got the litter today from Mama. <laughs> <laughs> he was also a, a fantastic painter. And um, David now is taking up painting. He, um, But he he's an incredible artist. All the kids are really the best painters of Alexis Arquette, who we lost September 11th, uh, two years ago, um, was an incredible painter. So I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm the, you know, the finger painter. I'm not a painter at all. But the rest of the kids got that Talented great. family, yeah. all through and through. And, and Cliff Arquette's parents were in vaudeville? Yeah. Yes. Gus, Gus Arquette. Um, and Gus uh, was his, fa- his father, and... They did vaudeville, and um, yeah, I think Gus uh, died of, I think Gus died of syphilis. Ouch! Kind of bummer. And then, um, and now David has named his his he has a little baby named Gus, Gus Arquette. Yeah. But the family, the the the, fam- the, the showbiz roots go back. Goes generations. Way. It's in our it's in our blood. Yeah, I don't. I assume you didn't know your great grandfather. I did not. No, but you knew, and you, but you knew Cliff. You knew Charlie Weaver. I did. I did. I loved him. He was wonderful. Um, but he died when I was fifteen. Okay. So he died quite a while ago. And we spent a lot of time with him. He was funny. My, you know, that that dark sense of humor that my father has, and I think all the Arquettes have, are is part of our, part of our, you know, our blood. And he was a Civil War buff. I read somewhere. I was doing some reading on him. He he believed he was reincarnated. A Confederate soldier, which I kind of <laughs> Very strange. a little bummed out about, Very but uh, you know, especially now, it was like what? Uh, he he he. You know how Patton had that? You know Patton. Yeah, General Patton. Yeah, General Patton had uh, deja vu and felt like he was um, right. Had been in this battlefield in, in other lifetimes. He had that also. So he had a museum in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which also um, apparently my sister Patricia was conceived on the. The, the battlefield of Gettysburg. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. But, you know, that's the Arquette. No, movie. it's not. 
And one she came thing, into that. She even talks about. It. I think she's she does. Said, yeah, I think she said, you know, how like, the fact that the ghosts of all these, you know, the battlefield is where they they were the, that my parents uh, conceived her. And one one thing I have to get out of the way is I remember years ago watching the executioner song on TV, and and of course there's a nude scene in it. And and I remember the first thing I thought is if I ever meet her I have to say thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, Gilbert! Well, uh, yeah, you know I did definitely was it was. Uh, it's interesting now. Um, I wonder, you know, it it was part of the movie and it and there was quite of a lot of it. And then there was a, it was the the um, feature version of that because it was a four hour miniseries at at one point and then they we did a, a feature version and so that part was the European version had nudity. But you never felt comfortable with that, I heard. I uh, I felt you know, I, I it's it's a very weird thing to do, you know, and, and you have to, to, to show your body. And I think I just felt self conscious some I try when I'm working I don't, but I know that before it I felt really uptight and yeah, it was it was it is it's a weird thing to do. And and I think you said in an interview that one thing going through your mind is do you have cellulite? Uh, 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 and it's always going through my mind. <laughs> I think, I think Gilbert's, right before I came here. <laughs> Gilbert's a little envious because he's done about 50 films and he's never been asked to do a nude scene. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got a strong no nudity. The juror, the, you have a no You can always get a body double, Gilbert, and that's what we request now. That is a challenging film to watch, The Executioner's Song. I yeah. watch it again. I've seen it many times. Yeah. I watch it again this weekend. And why it, was it, it challenging? Because it's 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 intense. It is. It's it, it's very dark. It's very intense. And and you obviously your character is that the only time you played a, a, a real person, Nicole? Uh n- no. I I did another. I did a television movie years ago. Okay. About a the Christian family with um, Judge Reinhold. Okay. And uh, we played Christian, uh, a family that believed that Christ um, had cured their son of diabetes, so they withhold insulin and he dies. And they believe that he's going to rise like Lazarus. And it was definitely um, not true. It didn't happen. <laughs> and, and do you feel an extra pressure if it's a real person you're playing? I had the honor of meeting and hanging out with the real Nicole. So she, I went up to Oregon where she lived at the time, and she was pregnant. She remarried, became very religious and Christian, and we hung out for a week. So I got to pick her brain and ask her everything about Gary. And um, she gave me a journal that that nobody had, a journal that, that Gary had kept, and it was his journal that she gave me while we were making the movie so I could just, like, go and see his writings. I don't even think Larry Schiller saw it or Norman Mailer had seen it because when I had on the set, they were, what is this? And it was was Gary's journal that she trusted me. You know, I gave it back to her. But one of the things that said, I I know they're going to be making a movie about us, like he'd sold the rights before he died to Larry. Interesting. And he said, I wonder who will play us, you know. Uh, I I will lift the veil. He said something like, I'm going to lift the veil and see who will play us. And 
I remember, you know, reading it and just feeling like this, you know, okay, I hope I'm doing a good job. But at one point, which was really creepy, when we were shooting and the the courtroom scene and the jury said that he was guilty, Gary Gil, the lights actually fell on top of the the people who were playing the jury while we were wow. making this. The lights, oh, like just, something, just a yeah, mishap. like a thing, a mishap oh, happened. And things coll- collapsed. I don't know if people got injured, but it was scary. Strange. This scene where he pulls the knife on you is, yeah. is I mean, there's, there, there are many scenes yeah. in there that are hard yeah. to watch. And you're, an, you're a young actress, so it had to be a, a fairly intense situation to be yeah. thrown in. Although you'd done, you know. Well, I think that was my real, uh, the first really significant sink your teeth into. I was 21. Mm-hmm. And, and you uh, auditioned when you were very young for a part of someone who has asthma. So that was a movie. Oh gosh! That's called um, "The Dark Secret of Harvest Home" with Betty Davis, and it was Sean Penn's father, Leo Penn, who directed that film. So when I went in there, uh, you know, I always looked a lot younger than I was. So when I was eighteen, I went in there. I think I was eighteen years old. I looked thirteen, fourteen. I looked really young, and so they asked me if I could do. Do you know about asthma? And I just like did this asthma attack um, on the floor and then I got the role. <laughs> that, that movie scared the hell out of me when it I was It was creepy, kid. right? It's an intense movie. It was. Yeah. Yeah. What was Betty Davis like to work with? She was fantastic to me. A lot of people had a hard time. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, she was tough. She, was, she knew her stuff but she, for, I, I have told this before, I don't know where it is but anyway, probably not for a really long time but there was a party for her to, to, it, um, to welcome Ms. Davis. And I got a phone call. Um, Ms. Davis will be downstairs at 630 uh, for cocktails. Would like to meet everybody. So I was invited. So I got it very late, the the message. And it was really strange because it came from like this really mean wardrobe guy who, who nobody told me about it. And so I jumped in the shower. It was hot in Ohio. And I jumped in the shower and threw on a pair of jeans and T-shirt. And I, I went down. I just was barefoot in the hotel. And I went down. And I walked in and people were like... You know, like it was so disrespectful to her and she just embraced me and that was it for that moment. And then we were pals. And I saw her, I saw her in later years, you know, after we were done, we were, were I would go visit her in her apartment, you know. she give you life advice or career? Big, smoke, big life advice, which was don't get married. Don't think you can have a career and be married. You can't have a relationship and a career. She... She kind of instilled that in me, and so did the movie The Red Shoes, which is my favorite film, right. um, which is, you know, can you have, and I explore those themes in the do- documentary yeah. Searching for Deborah Winger, which is can you have both? Why can't you have both? And and um, But she, in her life, didn't think it was possible. And did, did anyone, since you're from such a long showbiz background, did anyone ever try to uh, dissuade you? From going in show business, uh, not really. I mean, my father was an actor. We grew up around it. We were on around musicians and actors, and it was part of our our life. But you know, my m- mom said, you know, it's a hard. My father said, this is a tough business, tough business. But I, for some reason, on my 18th birthday, I did a movie called Having Babies Part Two, which got me in the SAG into the you know Screen Actors Guild. And it was shot in Malibu, and I got my card, and it was my 18th birthday. And I really didn't stop working for many, many, many years. 
Two two of our favorite actors, by the way. I'll go back just just for a second to go back to uh, to uh, Harvest House. Rene Arbogenois. Oh yeah, he's a wonderful actor. We love him. And Norman Lloyd, who is and still with 101 us. Hundred and one or two. I think he's hundred and three. Is he? Oh my god! Yes, he he's was. In in, it. He was scary in that movie. He was yes. great. Yes. 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 And, and then whatever happened to the actor who played my dad? Ackroyd? Uh, yeah, David Ackroyd. David Ackroyd. I don't know. And then was jo- Joanna Miles? Joanna Miles. She was in there? Yeah. And I remember Lori Prang, an actress named yes. Lori Prang. And a young Michael O'Keefe. And Michael O'Keefe. Yeah. It was his, I think it was his first job. It's spooky. Back, back, it when, back when they spooky. used to make those spooky. kind of TV movies, like Crow It was Haven a four-hour miniseries, yeah, and so was so was uh, Executioner Song. Really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Intense parts for you as an as an early, as a as yeah. a young actress. I remember though this one time where um, I had to cry. Oh, it was so funny. Actually, there was this that weird scene where she's kind of doing a dance, and mm-hmm. I remember you know it was like with a, cor- a corn cob. Of course, like I'm 18 years old and not really getting that what it was supposed to, what was really supposed to be was a sexual masturbating dance and I'm like taking the corn like it's like a little baby (laughs) (laughs) finally like the the, you know I think the director went over and and told one of the women to come over to me which was like kind of a cool nice thing to do and you know it's it's more sensual it's more Uh and I didn't because it wasn't actually written in the script like that I didn't it was like this it was supposed to be a sexual dance but I didn't really know what the corn, I, I didn't have it in my head at that point where, oh, yeah, the corn cob is a phallic symbol, and that's what that's supposed to be. So I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in years. Did but Betty Davis sit you in her lap at one point? And she say? sat me on her lap, and she when the, something went wrong with the camera, and you know, it was hot, and she goes, this is hell. <laughs> you know? And, uh... But I loved her. She was great, and she, and she let me parts. hang out. She let me hang out all the time in her trailer because she had the big Winnebago, and I, you okay. know, had my first little dressing room, which I was so excited about, which was a teeniest little cubby hole, you know. But I was just thought it was so cool to have my own little dressing room. Now, now, did your parents or grandparents or anyone uh, like, or even older people you worked with, ever give you like important advice on showbiz or on acting? You know, I. It's funny because I think my dad, as much as he was, he was pretty cynical about it. And I think there was a, a, a little bitterness too um, sometimes that I felt like it's interesting. I felt like I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't feel like that supported in it. Um, and when I started getting successful, it, it almost felt like, are you competitive with me? I had to go to a lot of therapy about oh, it. I have to tell you, you know, there was a little. Did you almost bit, feel guilty about it. In a I way? don't know. I mean that that I, yeah, because there was it, there was like a little weird jealousy thing um, that was happening. That in, in, in you know, and I don't, I don't understand that because I always am really supportive. So I don't have that in me. Like I don't feel jealous of other actresses or other people. I I always feel supportive of them. Oh yeah, they're really like. I love other actresses. I love when they do great work. Just as it always inspires me. But they didn't. My dad, in particular, didn't. Then my mother wrote me. I did a movie with um, uh, Jim. Not Jim. I wish Jim Sheridan. Sheridan. Um, I did a movie. Oh my God, with John Lithgow mm-hmm. and Kevin McCarthy. What is it called? Oh gosh. It's and it's really good. Um, I know the one you mean. You know I'm talking. Is it the wrong man? Yes. Yeah. 
was the wrong man. And my mother really loved that performance. And it was, the writing Kevin was Anderson. Really, Kevin, An- Kevin Anderson. That's right. Kevin, Kevin Anderson. Kevin from, Anderson. From Orphans. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And we shot it in Mexico. And it was really, um, it was, it's actually a really good movie and really well written and kind of like Tem- Tennessee Williams. My mother wrote me this very beautiful fan letter. She goes, oh, this nice. is a fan letter. And then... And then I would run into people who were friends with my dad's, and he was always would always tell me how proud he was of me. But he kind of didn't say that to me. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's not the first time we've heard of, yeah. of performers uh, who were who had some envy of their children. It's Jack Cassidy and David yeah. Cassidy had a very strained relationship. Oh, yeah. I remember. Gosh, what I, you know, because I did the Shirley Show. Yes, with Shirley right. Jones, you were Shirley Jones' daughter. My first one of my first jobs uh, at NBC, and in fact, I got a deal at NBC. I got, Paid quite a lot of money for a kid in those days. Was that called Shirley? It was called Shirley, and I played her daughter. Right. But I think what I think. Let's look up when he died. But I think he actually may have died in that time. Early seventies. Yeah, he died in that fire in West Hollywood. He did. He died in a fire in West Hollywood. Drunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sad. That's a a very sad. And then David died. David Castle. Yeah, I know. What happened? Oh, sad. What? Sad life. I I mean, do you know? Too much drink. I'll tell. That's out well. For one it's, thing, it's hereditary. Yeah, it's a disease. Um, I was talked into doing one of those. I don't know. It's not fun. Someone said, "Oh, you should go and do those autograph signing conventions." Oh, Gilbert's done. Oh, them. yeah. <laughs> you mean the like the nostalgia shows? And they the, they can be yeah. scary and oh, suicidal. Well, that was what it was for me, and I really I think it was like somewhere in a hotel in the valley, and there I was. And there was David Cassidy next to me. So we were in the booth next to each other and some of the Brady Bunch. And then Fonzie was there, you know, Henry. Uh, uh-huh. He was yeah. there, which was good. Have you seen his new show, that new show that he's on? Um, oh, the, where he's an acting yeah, teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like that show. Yeah. He's a good guy, Henry. Uh, yeah. We had him on this yeah, show. Yeah, he's, he's a sweetheart. He's a mensch. So we, we were, and he kind of saw my face. He goes, ah, it's, this is, and he walked me through it but there was david cassidy and i just remember feeling so mortified and and it's ter- I, I mean you want to say hi to your fans and it's very nice but it 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 it, it made me want to shoot a documentary of this <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if a documentary has been made on that subject that's that might it's, be yeah it's very scary Hurtled it down. is because the people who attend some of them look like they're homeless and yeah. then, then if, they're real fans. They're fans that yes. sit and have everything you've ever done, and every you know. And in, in this case, a lot of people were bringing a lot of VHSs, you know, mm-hmm. at the time, you know, and <laughs> signing, you know, those. And I just felt, um, and this was about, I think this is about ten years ago that I did this, and I, I, I swore I would never do it. And people have approached me recently to, like, will you do that? I was like, I never want to do that again. But then I have girlfriends who do it, and they have a blast, and they really do well, you know? I think it depends on the on the, on the, yeah. the attitude you take and the approach you take. We, we, I just went to one, the Chiller Fest in New Jersey. Yeah. And, and Tim Matheson was there and oh, Peter Riegert, and they were having oh, a blast. Oh, they, so that was, yeah, I was. Karen all, Allen. Oh, Karen, yeah. wow. So. They, they um, I just worked with Tim. We were in a movie together called The, uh, the Etruscan Smile that um, Brian Cox is, um, and I are in. And Ralph, Ralph Macchio yeah. does great at autographs. So. Yeah, oh, I well, bet. I'll tell you, Richard Dreyfus yeah. had a line out the door that lasted all day. 
at the one at the one uh, that I attended at the Chiller Fest in New Jersey. And because he, of the the uh, Close Encounters probably. and Jaws. Oh, Jaws! And just Hello. you know, and yeah. the Goodbye Girl and everything. Of course, I mean, of course, of course. I think it just depends. I think yeah. some people are happy guess, to meet their fans. Yeah, I think to, this this these fans know were remembered. Maybe. You know, and it's really that happy too. to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, you had a bad experience doing it. Some of these people, like I said, they look like they're homeless. They're all disheveled and everything. You're talking about some of our podcast fans. Yes, there, yes, I know. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is they'll go up to a table and like who's ever at the table might tell them, okay, that photo and uh, a picture, that's $200. And they'll take out a wad of bills. That they've been saving up for years or like yes. a, the whole year to come and do this. And then, no, I actually, you know, I did sign a lot. And, and yeah. I said, um, it wasn't around the block, but I but I did sign. And, and people were, you know, you, you definitely are grateful for the movie going audience that is willing to still like you. I think that's cool. Yeah. I hope they'll tune into this TV show I'm just doing. <laughs> so, tell, us, tell us about, we'll do it again and we'll plug it again at the end. But tell us about the show since you brought it up. It's called Sideswiped, and it's created by Carly Craig, and it's really about the dating app world, and it's very funny. Um, She's funny, Carly Craig. Yeah, she, she worked with the Farrelly brothers. Yes, yes, I exactly. know her work. Yes, yeah, she was in Hall Pass. And, I'm playing her mom. Right. Okay. And she She's created, funny. She, yeah, she is, and she created this whole uh, show. Um, where and she wakes up 35, and what am I doing with my life? And she doesn't have a child. I am her mom who had her at 18 and never got to uh, experience life and dating or anything and just raised my kids and my husband dies and I move in with her. And it's a, it's 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 very well done and it's funny and it was really fun to do comedy because I'm, I I love doing comedy and in I hadn't your, do, in your blood. Yeah, and I haven't done it in a I hadn't done it in a while. I was playing I've been playing a lot of wild characters recently. I just did a movie with them Hopper Penn called Puppy Love. He's amazing and that's Sean and uh and Robin's gorgeous, talented son. And we we started to talk about, and and it's funny because I I remember New York back then, and my sister's was a photographer, and she loved, you know, documenting. We'll docu- have to, we'll have to share Gilbert's sister's uh, Arlene's work with you. I think you'd appreciate it. I would love it. to see it. Yeah, yeah she shot she shot the East Village and uh, a lot of New York characters, New York Old faces, stuff in the village, yeah. like bombed out buildings. How she old was, is she? What? How old is she? Uh, she well, she died recently. She was sixty six. But yeah, that was what she she was fascinated by old New York. She loved. She captured. Well, it, really. this yeah. is really Historical wonderful documents. that you have this. You put together a beautiful book or something for. Yeah, Ken, because and it would our be, name's Arlene Gottfried. Arlene yes. Gottfried, but you, because that doesn't exist anymore, and she's captured it, so it might be really one. I bet a lot. I know I'd buy that book. We'll show I know you. a lot of people. We'll show, after we finish recording, we'll show you yeah. some of the the photographs. They're very they're very impressive. Yeah, it was that kind of thing. She she was fascinated by, but never looked down on. It you know she saw it, it was very like poor very kind of scary but never looked down on. It. She loved and, New York characters and New York faces. Yes, yeah. so it sounds like like oh, she had a little Diana Arbus about a her. little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. That's a, so, that's a good comparison. So one of those records of all New York besides uh, her pictures was um, uh, des- uh, desperately seeking Susan. 
Well, that's your old neighborhood too, isn't yeah. it? So what, did East she Village. shoot some? Was she on the set of that? Uh, no, no. I'm just oh. saying that's another. Oh record. yes, it is. It's, it's a, a New York that doesn't exist anymore. The we were lower, talking about Danceteria before Danceteria you came in here. Danceteria, Lower East Side, even the the, the, the um, what goes around comes around the the store. I mean, all those. Is that what it was called? Uh, no, no, what was it called? I forget. Maybe I'm wrong about it. It's like in some, movies we have a I record. Got the name of the store that's terrible. It's so uh, long ago, guys. Like like any, well, Scorsese is a big New York director, and also of course Sidney Lumet. Yes. But so that I, was, and I did two films with Marty Scorsese. I did After Hours, yes, and then uh, Life Lessons, and Life Lessons, New yeah. York Story, and um, which both captured New York. And those places, and some of those places are gone. Really, has, I mean, um, uh, After Hours, really at night. Yeah, it's super old school New York. Well, we we love films about New York. That especially where they're time capsules, where those pla- those places are gone. If you watch a movie like The Take of Pelham One Two Three, or uh, or Serpico, and you can really see, any of those Lumet pictures too, you like, can really see old New York. I grew up in Brooklyn, so like whenever uh, Bye Bye Braverman comes on, that was a Sidney Lumet movie with uh, George Siegel, George Siegel, uh, Joseph Wiseman. <laughs> Uh, Jack Warden, um, Sorrel Book. Yeah, you worked with Jack Warden. Oh, Jack Warden. Oh, tell us about working with Jack. I, I well, got a chance to work with isn't him. Isn't he wonderful? He was such a wonderful, sweet man. But we were in Yugoslavia making this film that was supposed to take place, I think, in the Rocky Mountains and with Christopher Reeve. Oh, The Aviator. Yeah, The Aviator. That was uh, that was the, the, the movie that um, Siskel and Ebert brought the skunk out for. Oh. <laughs> You, and you know it's so funny so I think I was just Andy Cohen just showed showed a clip of it the other day and it's like oh my there I was with you know red lipstick on it was just so ridiculous and I and you know you didn't in those days I mean the makeup artists know how they wanted me to look and um, it was 20s but silly well you've never <laughs> been a fan of critics I, I found that in my research oh oh you don't you don't uh, I don't read them anymore you don't read them anymore well after after um, Rosanna Arquette is was it this is a good one um a capital a actress no runs the gamut of emotion from a to a and <laughs> never was a trip so long <laughs> who wrote that david denby oh david denby the yeah, new, York, he, new yorker yeah yeah he was pretty mean yeah and um and uh and i don't even know what that was for but it wasn't it wasn't a nice one and my, oh it was for nobody's fool with eric roberts oh you're good in that picture and uh the hell with him Anyway, it's so funny because years later, I think he, he, I don't know if he still does, but he runs the New York Film Festival, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Film Festival, I think it was, downtown L.A., and I met him, and, he, and I told him, I said, you got me off reading even good reviews. I don't like to read them. I like to know, okay, what's the temperature on it, but it's too, it's so... Well, don't they say if you have so, to, if you believe, it's also subjective that if yeah. you believe the good ones, you have to believe the bad ones, exactly. too? But I never, yeah. I would never believe either one, so... I uh, a critic once said, uh, reviewing something that I was in, he said, Gilbert Gottfried is the most unpleasant thing to happen to show business since the snuff film. <laughs> oh that's, the mean, that's the meanest. Oh who God. wrote that? Who wrote that? You know who wrote that? <laughs> oh, that's and, so he still, and he still reads them. That's terrible. <laughs> 
that's so me. I love it. But success is the best revenge. Did that make you laugh like that when you read it, or did you really get your feelings hurt? Because it's hard not to take get your feelings hurt. How could you not? It's painful. It's painful because you know this is our work. This is our art. We're putting ourselves out there, and you really are, you know, telling the truth. That's what we're supposed to be doing up there. And so when someone basically is telling you what you've done is awful, it's hurtful. We'll, we'll, we'll jump to After Hours and and, okay. and and New York Stories and a bunch of other things, too. But just before we get off your childhood, I just wanted, since we put it in the intro, you did meet Martin Luther King, and that's no, that's noteworthy. I did meet Martin Luther King. I was so, you know, my mother, my parents were both incredible activists, but my mother at the time when we were living in Chicago, and I think Patricia was born there, so she was a Bay, she was just being born, or just had been born, because um, he died in '68. '68, yeah, April. And um, so, but before then, it must have been '67. It was Vietnam War, anti-Vietnam War, uh, love in peace march, and my mother was one of the organizers in Chicago, and he came, and so. It was funny. She was kind of panicked because there wasn't really security for him. And we were in the back of a truck with him. So I was in the back of a truck. And I've told this story before, but my mother had painted Stop the War, Kill No More on my bare chest. And Martin looked over at, at my mom and put a shirt on that girl. <laughs> Great story. Yeah, so, uh, you know, so I've been trying to keep my shirt on ever since. It's a great story. But Dr. King. Uh, but then my mom, I was, I think I was watching the flying nun or something like that. And I remember it, it was a huge story in my life that were, he, that it came on the news that he had been assassinated and she just fell to the floor and was pounding like with her, those motherfuckers, you know, just like just pounding the floor, um, sobbing. They killed him. They killed him. She was, it was terrible. And um, I, I, it impacted me in a huge way. Just remembering that, but so, hey, you know, where is he? Are we really going this far backwards? What's happening in the world right now? I'm we've never, I we haven't not this the racism and every day that we're hearing these horrible stories. What is going on? No tough more, times. No at, at least your mother and you know instilled that activism in you. That and all of us, and yeah, all of us, and all of the children. Yeah, yeah, we're I say. we're. I couldn't. I wake up every day, you know. I'm in, like everybody. I think we're in a collective depression, and hopefully, that's hopefully. Um, you know what's inspiring to me, and it was like the 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 movement in um in the '60s with the Vietnam uh, anti-Vietnam War movement uh, is are these students, the Parkland students mm-hmm. and the young kids, oh, yeah. and they're they're they give me hope. Every day, and I realize, you know, we just have to keep. I retweet them what they're saying. Me too. So powerful too. and so people important. should follow you on Twitter too. I Listen. love love them so much. Um, Speaking of the '60s, you were at you were at Woodstock too, although you don't remember much of it. I, I, I my parents were there. I like went with people, friends of my parents, but played in the mud and Country Joe and the Fish. Wish I could say I I remember Jimmy, but it would be a lie. Well, you got to wear the Jimi Hendrix jacket and desperately seeking Susan. And your whole childhood was like a hippie and living on a commune. and It was really artists, uh, you know, uh, uh, artists commune of people um, in, in, um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains over the Shenandoah River. And it was a summer camp turned into 
you know, a bunch of artists coming together to have this, you know, land together and, and try to have form utopia, which was really hard to do in the South. I think Ileana lived on a, on a commune, too. I, yeah, I think that. she lived in a similar situation. It's in her book. I didn't, Ask I didn't her about re- it when you see her. I haven't read her book yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I'd like to read that. Um, I didn't even know she had a book. Did it come out? When did it come out? Yeah, it was called, uh, what the hell? I, I, I blame Dennis Hopper. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, right. I, I, was... I believe she lived in a similar circumstance. Well, we were in the South, though, mm-hmm. and it was right. so, and it was not was. where, you know, there was a three-room schoolhouse um, in the town that I went to school, in the middle school, where they taught um, that uh, the South had won the Civil War, and it was very racist. Um, African-American kids in the back of the bus, which I immediately went to and sat, and then was, you know, beat up for that, and... You said, I'm going to get the hell out of here, and what? You hitchhiked to California. I, I went to New Jersey for a while and lived with a family and okay. went to South Orange Junior High School for a while and lived with friends of my parents. And then my parents went to Chicago, and I went there for a little while. And then from Chicago, I see. hitchhiked across the United States at 15 years old, which is insane. <laughs> it's so insane. Oh, gosh. Was like a little, and I was, you know, wearing my little tube top. I mean, not by myself, by the way. I had, I had a, you know, my 16-year-old boyfriend and, and my godbrother. So it was like four of us. We're lucky to be alive, especially nowadays. You went to San Francisco first? Went to San Francisco. Okay, just when the show was starting to get good, we're going to throw a monkey wrench into the works with this commercial word. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Live from Nutmeg Post, we now return to Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal podcast. We were having a little talk before we went on the air, and I'll just give you the two words and you'll fill in the rest. Okay. Breast milk. Breast milk? Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, the crash story. Breast. This is... is, uh, Having to do with the, the See, movie. See, we do jump all over yes, the place. Yes, we do. We're going up. Well, it's great for me because I'm so ADD. So I'm, you, <laughs> you, guys, show. you guys are. Ki- you well, it's guys the are, perfect location. Because, for and you, you, right, exactly. And um, I have pretty bad, like, is it bad, but ADHD. But most artists, creative people that I know have it. But I, I really do. So I'll, I'll jump all over, and you guys are keeping up, and I'm keeping up with you. Are we all ADD here? Is yes. that what's going on? Fair to okay, say. great. Yeah. Um, I did this film, Crash, with David Cronenberg, and um, I was also shooting at the same time a movie called... Um, oh, Gone Fishing. Yes. Yes, with Thank Pesci. You. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for filling in the blanks because I can't remember anything anymore. <laughs> but yes, down in Florida. So I came up, flew up. Two very different movies. My baby yes. was about about to be one, year, a year-old baby, and I had very large milk-filled breasts that were... Um, I was breastfeeding her, and... 
So I just met. I had to come on the set in makeup, and I met in the trailer James Spader in the makeup trailer. That's how I met him. And so we go right into the scene where we're having sex in the back of the car with my, you know, crazy, open, weird vagina-looking wound in the back yes. of my leg. It's a very, very... It was a very For our <laughs> listeners that don't know Crash, it's a movie about people who are uh, who are turned on by car crashes. Yeah. So it's Holly Hunter yes. and Elias Gateas. Yes. Good cast. Great cast. Cool cast. And um, Deborah Unger. Yeah. And not, not an easy movie to watch. Not a, Yeah, it's a... It's to the point where it... Tell it to, uh, to uh, Coppola at the Cannes Film Festival... Who hated it? I hated <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that's good gossip. <laughs> he hated that movie, and was, and I think he was on the jury. He was the president. Or I think he was the president, but Bear or was Bear but Bear Delucci loved it. So they had this. <laughs> that was, makes sense. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, but what happened was I was in the back of the uh, car, and um, I could see Cronenberg and and James, you know, whispering to each other and having this intense. And I was going, "What is going on?" And and they and um. David comes over and he goes, well, we're just, we're, we're wondering if, if you're going to lactate. And I was like, and I don't know what came over me, but I kind of just grabbed my boob and milk just. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like on film. And, um, which was nutty. It was pretty nutty. I know this is crazy. The story, isn't it? And, um, and then, uh, David sent me that footage. And then I said to him, I said, David, you cut the most significant thing I've ever done on film. That and is he funny. He cut it because it was too weird. Yeah. It was definitely too, even was too even, weird. Even for too weird David Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. And you said, I think with that film, that there were parts that were making you laugh just because it was such a disturbing. It was so, it was so strange to do. But um, it was also freezing. And I loved Holly Hunter, who was also in my documentary. Yes. We got to know each other. And then she was so kind and to, you know, come in and. Do it. Do the interview for me. Because I like doing this, too, interviewing people. It's more interesting, isn't it? I love inter- oh, interviewing. Yeah. Like, you have to tell me all about you. You should get about a, me. Let's talk about you. You should get a podcast. <laughs> I like I was watching some of your, your Coachella interviews. I, you're oh, very, you, you're oh. very good at it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I have a... Uh, uh, and the docs, too, yeah. which we'll plug. Even How though they're, did hard you get to, the Coachella they're hard to interviews? find, damn it. How did you get those Coachella? I just saw a clip on, online. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's but cool. the, the 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 documentaries, which I mean, there are clips of the documentaries. There's Diane Lane and there the, and Jane Fonda, but yeah. they're hard to find. I don't understand. Oh, the, there's searching for Deborah Winger. It's hard to find. Well, you can get it on. You can get a DVD of it. That's such a jump. You know, I wish uh, Showtime would at least because Showtime did both put both of my yeah, documentaries. The other one up. I haven't seen. The music it's one. It's called I'm All saying. I have to give me your address and I'll send okay. you a copy. That, a DVD. That, I have a DVD of it. Um, but that. Um, and that also played at the Canfield Festival, and people really liked it. And and what got you to do uh, searching for Deborah Winger? I think it was uh, just turning forty and seeing, you know, mm-hmm. who knows. I mean, getting a lot of information nowadays that maybe something else took place. But I thought, like, I wasn't working as much. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know if it was really age, but it just got very strange. And um, so I just thought I would explore talking to other women about balancing life and work and relationship and motherhood. It was a, it, and that's what I did. I talked to some of the greatest actresses 
ever. Diane Lane, who is a, still a friend of mine and probably one of my favorite actresses, I think she's just ugh, amazing in anything she does. Um, she, uh, her and I were up against each other. I met her for the first time in Executioner's Song in the waiting room. Oh, she auditioned and for the part. She auditioned the part, and I had seen so many times A Little Romance. She's so. I love that one with Olivia. Yeah. She's so incredible yeah. in that movie. You know, she was 14. Yeah. She is so incredible in that movie. If you sit and watch her right now, it's like, who is this? And I said, I, so when I saw her, I said, I love that movie so George much. George Roy Hill. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sweet little film. It really but, is. But, but everybody's in the documentary. So, I mean, Laura Dern's in it, your friend yeah. Whoopi's in it. Uh, Alfrey Woodard, Meg Ryan, Alfred Meg, Woodard, Diane Lane. You mentioned Sharon Stone. Yeah, people need to see it. We we, we need to work with you to get some distribution I, on well, the, the different distribution on that thing. Get it Showtime out. put it out. I wish they would redo it, and or at least would they let Netflix have it or somebody put it out there? Yeah, because I searched Netflix and I searched. That's terrible. Yeah, I, I searched Apple TV. My wife why? and I went on a wild quest I for it. Why they just? Yeah, I even wrote to Danny and I said, "Where's this movie?" But very interesting. Well. Maybe it was just shut down from somebody. There's, there's a lot of well, no. I know. mean, it's more relevant than ever. I know. Now, and, it and, really and, is. Actually. And also with all the talk about equal pay, with the talk about women, women with actresses getting getting we're talking uh, about sexual harassment. It's right. In, it's in the and it's Patricia, 2002, so it's ahead of its time. Patricia uh, talked about it, and then we talked about that a lot in in the, in searching for Demi Moore. Yeah, I wonder if I mean Showtime owns it. I wonder if they could just. I hope I'm not misspeaking, but it, we 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 had a terrible time trying to trying to track it down. That's, so hopefully, that's terrible. Hopefully, someone who listens to the show, who's within the sound of our voice, will. Well, you know who uh, financed it? Believe it or not, Mark Cuban. Oh, interesting. It was the first oh. thing first thing he ever did, and he gave me the money to make it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And tell us about the second one. Obviously, Elton John and Flea and and uh, Cheryl Crow and Chrissy Hine and Stevie Nicks. And Tom York and, and, and Tom Petty and Will Tom I York, am, Bert Tom. Bacharach, who Gilbert and I obsess about. I know because and so that so all the rockers. I mean, and then I thought I love Bert oh, Bacharach. He yes. was a great, love, great no songwriter. I have to interview him too and put him in here because he inspired a lot of people. How can you not? Yeah, I'm dying to get my hands on this. So okay, yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. It, 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 it's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Will you make more docs? I would, now that you got these, I would these like two under to. your belt, I would like to. I have a movie I'd like to direct, which kind of it's about basically growing up in the commune with a little bit in in that time, and and then goes to um, my mother's death, you know, dying of cancer. I might I'd like to do that. I have a, a really good script that I just sent to someone who loves it. So who knows? It would be nice to be able to direct that, and I, I, I have such happens. wonderful. Wonderful actors, friends that um, I think I could put together a really great cast and definitely a good soundtrack. Yes, I would think so. <laughs> and getting back to a movie we've discussed a few times on this podcast, and that's um, After Hours. I love I love that movie and still love that movie. I saw it recently. Where did I? Oh, I had to go to Poland for this Polish film festival and they, they showed it. And I hadn't seen it in years. It was so great on the big screen. But you know, Michael Balhaus shot, shot yeah, that. It looks he also great. shot. He also shot, um, Baby It's You. Yes. I think that was his first American another favorite. Film. Yeah, which is a John Sayles film that I did, and uh, it was such a fun experience. In that, it was a Jewish princess in that one, Gilbert. You can you you, you would appreciate that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was. I love that movie. Yeah, I did too. It's, I it's... I did love that, and Griffin Dunn produced that. 
Um, oh, with Amy Robinson? And, and yeah. they also produced Baby yes. Two. Yes, yeah. Uh, but to talk about After Hours for a second and your knack for comedy, which is, you know, in the in the genes. And I don't know about your great-grandfather. We, we know he was a vaudevillian. Yeah, was he, so he was, was a comedian, comedian too? Yes. He was a comedian. Uh, the... Um, the, the Surrender Dorothy scene. Yeah. And I know you have a Wizard of Oz thing. I do. I love the Wizard of Oz. But that I scene. I love that movie so much. That still. scene and just you're so, you're, <laughs> you're so alluring in that scene, but hilarious at the, at the same time. It's a crazy movie. He, I could always, I could see, well, the thing about Martin Scorsese, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard this many times where people have worked with him. I mean, he, I think he casts his movie the way he wants. And then... And then really gives you the freedom. I mean, he rehearses. You rehearse. You rehearse it like a play, but then you have, then you have the freedom to do your thing and whatever that is. And it just like then it's like comes through like that laughter that you are talking about in After Hours. I just remember he he planted that little seed. He said, "Do you think she'd laugh here?" And I was just like, "But." And I didn't think she'd laugh. But then the laughter really came like this weird laughter. That I watched overall- it. His parents are in the scene. Yeah, his parents are sitting. Uh, Catherine and they? Uh, Charles they were are sitting best. in the corner at a table. Dick Miller's in there because yeah. oh, he's, the, he's the proprietor. And Charles is also in. Um, he's also in. That's uh, uh, we seeking Susan in the the Magic That's Club. Right. That's right. He is. I know his mother was always popular. Well, she's doing the off-camera voice in the King of Comedy. Yeah, she's Rupert, there. Lower it. She's and she's oh and she he, well, she always cooked and had. Yummy Italian food sometimes. Oh, yeah. And of course, Goodfellas. She stole, oh, yeah. she stole yeah. the... Uh, but was was he behind the camera laughing at would, the, when you were doing the Wizard of Oz stuff? Like, we don't want to give it away for yeah, people no, who haven't he, seen it. Yeah, no, but he just... I could see him, you know, shaking and laughing. We did a whole episode about After Hours. On did the, you? On this show. Yeah, we did. Did you we talk could, to... Griffin? No, it's just Gilbert and I, just 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 yeah. riffing. We'll get Griffin. We'll, we'll see if he wants to come and talk Griffin. to us. He has the best stories of anybody, and he I'll will bet. make you laugh. We for should have days. had him on already. Oh, we I wish to... we that would have been so fun. Because Ch- we, we met each other. Actually, how we met was in Poland in a movie, the four-hour miniseries in, I did in Poland um, called that? The Wall. The Wall, yeah, with the Eli wall. Wallach. With Eli Wallach, right. Lisa Eichhorn. Yes. Do you remember her? Sure. Tom Conti. Great actor. Rachel Roberts. Uh, All these people you've worked Rachel, with. Rachel, you really and and we were in Poland doing this movie in Katowice, and that's where I met Griffin Dunn. He played my brother, and we became fast friends, lifelong friends. And every time I see him, I just I. I'm, He'd be perfect he, for this show, Gilbert Griffin oh, Dunn. He's the about most, American werewolf because he has stories for days because of the way he was raised of too. Course, he was we grew up in Hollywood. Really grew up in Hollywood. So he has like, you know, Kathy Grant stories. I mean he has great stories. Wow. We'll yeah, get definitely get him on. Oh, see there he just said wow. That's yeah, okay. I say wow <laughs> and oh my God all the time. Take a drink. So thank you. And since we're talking Have about I been Scors- saying oh my God a lot? I, I say it all the time. I do. Now also oh what was Eli Wallach like to work with? So he was really great to meet also, but I, at that point, you know, was not classically trained. I mean, I had taken an acting list, but, you know, he was method actor. So I just remember, I think there was um, something where I was, like, freaking out or grabbed him. And, and you know, I didn't, I really was hurting him. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted, and he, and he, so he talked to me, he wanted me to study. He said, I want you to study. And, and, uh, and I did. I worked with Sandra Seacat. Who was um, Jessica Lang's and Mickey Rourke's uh, teacher? 
and is Laura Dern's teacher. He was, and she we, was my teacher for a long time, and I liked it. I, when I have something really significant, big to do, I, I definitely go back to her. She was fantastic. We hear stories from people that have that have come in here that uh, and Joe Joe Pantoliano. I don't know if you ever worked with Joey Pants. That Eli, Eli Wallach and Ann Jackson were very good to him early in his career. They took him in. Did they? Yeah, and uh, I understand they were very nurturing of of, of young actors. I b- both of them. He's in the Executioner's song too, but you didn't have any yes, scenes with him. He is. He's yeah. in the Executioner's song too, and that He's that was uncle. great. He's great. Christine Lottie is yes. also a great. Tip. She has a book out that's really good. I just read. I went to her. I went to her book signing and um, got her book, and she's got, it's it's lovely because she was a big Broadway actress yeah. at the time, and that was a big deal for her. So, because um, she's actually the second lead in that movie. You've worked with everybody. I've worked with some really great people. When can I have a copy of that? Of course, <laughs> it was very sweet. <laughs> I'll, give so, it to you. I'll just have to print it out for my obituary. It's we'll true. give it to you. It's just my resume. But, but <laughs> since we're talking about Scorsese, let's let's talk a little bit about New York Stories, okay. which which again I watched, and that that's a that's a, that's heartbreaking. The scene where you ask him, where you ask Nick Nolte's character if you have any talent. I know. You know, and she, you know, you, you know that he doesn't think she does. Yeah. What is that? And um, and she knows. He doesn't, and it's it. Paulette, Paulette, and yeah. it, and it, and you know that she most likely will never recover from that. that when she, she calls her mother on the phone, yeah, I mean it's a movie I've seen many times. I, I improvised that. That was one you did? of the, yeah. That was one of the things. That was one of the things that Marty was great about. Like he, I was supposed to call her, and then I just kept going, and I just let me do my thing. Yeah. It's the most. I successful. love to work with him again at this point in my life. Scorsese. You know, yeah, I, 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 really would love to work with him again. Um, who knows? We'll see. The the uh, you remember the trilogy, New York Stories? Yeah, I, and I remember the most successful. Talk, I think talk about three. someone I would have loved to have had on the podcast had she lived. Make Questel. Make Questel is in the Woody segment. The woman who was the voice of Betty Boop. That's right. Yeah, she played the. She played the mother. In the, uh, Oedipus Rex, but I, I remember seeing that in the theater and not liking the Coppola segment yeah. at, at all. But but really being taken by uh, Life Lessons, written by Richard Price. Richard Price, who's also in the movie, and our friend Steve Buscemi shows up. Yes, in that one, plays my boyfriend. Right, the boyfriend that she loved, and and more defunct New York locations. Oh, what's the performance was, art space that was on the subway I know. tracks? Yeah, yeah. The, well, I forgot what the, name the name of that name place, of that but place. it was very famous. Yeah. Um, I forget. Not arena. No, was it no, no. Oh, I'll what think, was it? What was it? Called? I'll think of it. I can't um, remember. Yeah, the uh, thing was called the tunnel. It was the tunnel? The tunnel. You're right. Hello. Yeah. And what's the cafe where he gets into the fight with Nick Nolte? Oh, 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 it was. It's um, uh, down in. Is it the Odeon? Yes. Yeah. Is that gone too? They're all gone. Is the Odeon gone? I don't know. You know what? It's what just amazes me. To watch those things and see those. Seems like I dreamed it. Uh, that New York used to be one of those places in Manhattan, if you had no money, you could live in Manhattan. Yeah. And now you can't live in Manhattan without money. You, yeah, you couldn't sleep in a doorway for less than a few it's million. So, it's so crazy now what's happened. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same and it's really sad. If you want to see, I'll say to our listeners, if you want to see old New York... Yeah. And just New York from the 80s, Desperately Seeking Susan. After Hours. After Hours and, and New York Stories. And, yeah. and you get three glimpses get, of, the, of, of New York that's there was a, there was gone, a loft, mostly gone. 
Yeah, right. There was that uh, the loft that we shot on used to be um, where Tower Records was, right across the street from Tower Records, oh, yeah. which is now when I was there yesterday, and it was at one time Tower Records. What was I doing there? Yeah, I don't know. Do you remember? I don't know. I don't remember what it was. We did all this press yesterday, so but I ended up in being in the old Tower Record building. Oh, it was it was Andy Cohen. Oh, Bravo's uh, studio. Is that? Is that right? I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to think if that's the if that's no, no, the no, old Tower I'm wrong. Records. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I get it. So many. <laughs> Bleaker Bob's is still there. If, if that if that uh, fills you with any hope. I know. Well, I but, love. I you know, like. But, I like a good bookstore, and you know, hit the Strand or any. Uh, Colony Records is gone. Yeah, uh, that's a heartbreaker. The Strand is hanging on. It's, ha- it's hanging if on. If the Strand ever leaves, I have to hang myself. Uh, me too. Where the Strand is, that area used to be packed. With little bookstores, like yes. these junk bookstores. Sure, sure. Used bookstores. All over the place. Yeah. It's so depressing. Well, we've also lost the book chains. We lost uh, oh, yeah. Brentanos Barnes and Noble and, 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 Noble and, and Borders. Because and, people just order it online. I can't stand doing it like that. I'm with I, you, Rosanna. I don't like it. I want to go in. I want to pit. I feel, so there's one great bookstore in in uh, in the West in West L.A. called uh, Diesel, and it's still, you know, what about the I, one that's near the that was across from the Scientology Center? That old that uh, and that and that little strip of stores by the, the the Spotted Pig or whatever the name of that place was. Do you know the place I'm talking? Oh, are you, are you here in New York? No, in L.A. Oh, in L.A. They have a Spotted Pig in in L.A. I don't but even there know. was not not the Spotted. Pig. I know you pig, bourgeois whistle, pig. pig pig with bourgeois, bourgeois pig. pig and there was a they're bookstore. St- they're still there. It is there. Okay, and and they have great books and records. Oh, and I thank forgot God. what it's called, but they do have and that. book soup still there. Book Soup is still there. Okay. Yeah. I remember I used to love killing time in bookstores. Yes. Of course. And and also Manhattan was packed with just plain junk stores. Yeah. You know, you didn't know what they were selling in particular, but it was all a, a mess of You could always find a little stuff. treasure. Yeah. I think it happened to L.A. too. But, oh, you know, the, the, yes. The, Awful. What was the uh, what but was the spiritual LA, bookstore uh, in West oh, Hollywood? Oh, Bodhi Tree. Bodhi Tree gone. The, yes, but That's now gone. they have a little version of it, um, which I they have an online thing, and 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 they do have a pop up thing. I think on La Brea apparently, and I haven't hit it. I wrote them. I said, "Where are you? I would love to see." You. I used to live on Kings Road, so oh, I used okay, to. Yeah, okay, but okay, I know so you're, and I know you love the Amoeba. That's, I used to. I go to Amoeba all the time. Amoeba's still there. It's still oh, there. Okay, good. Yeah, what it, happened to the Rhino store? Is that gone? The one on the one that used to be on? That's gone. Okay, is that on Robertson? Virgin Records. Remember Virgin, Virgin Records? Of course, the mega store. But uh, when Tower Records went, it was such it was horrible. And they still have it looking like it's Tower Records. They, uh, they but it's very sad. There's a good documentary about it. That, that, about Tower Records? That, yeah, about oh. that. I think uh, I love to see some that. famous actor's son made. I think it might have been Tom Hanks' son. Oh. Really? Somebody made a good document. Oh, I may be misspeaking, but somebody made a good documentary about the demise well, of Tower Records. That. Yeah, I saw a video of you in Amoeba uh, oh, that's... online where you were just loading up your bag. I was like, and they, bag. I just was in there, and they and they they said, "Would you mind doing this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, I happened to really be record shopping. It wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a setup." Since we're talking about music, this comes. This is a question that we got from a listener, Jason Grissom. We do this thing called Grill the Guest, and he wants to know what was David Bowie like to work with. I love Rosanna. Him. Tell us. I loved working with David Bowie. Uh, he was such an art. He was an art poet uh, connoisseur of every kind of. He turned me on to. He turned me on to. Um, oh my gosh. 
He turned me on to the Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some really good bands that he taught me. Uh, he turned me on. You're in the Linguini incident with him. So to we did a movie called The Linguini Incident, which was written by Richard Shepard and Tamar Brat. And Richard um, did The Matador, the movie The Matador. Mm-hmm. He's um, like that movie. Yeah. And he Here's he was Brosnan. he was 25 years old when he wrote when he directed this film. So, and I was in the midst of a. a very sad breakup from Peter Gabriel at the time, so I went right into that movie with a super broken heart. But there's nothing better to cure a broken heart than to do some comedy, physical comedy. But we had a wonderful time, and we hung out a lot, and we were great friends. And uh, he turned me on to the, the artist Odd Nerdrum. You know Odd I do Nerdrum? not. He's a Norwegian, a Norwegian painter. And, uh, you know, we used to be really, really close, and then... I was so sad. I, I ran in, I ran into him through the years. Saw him and I went to one of his shows in in um, L.A. I don't know, maybe fifteen years ago. And and then you know that was. That I think was he was an underrated day. actor. I like really him in ta- Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh, he's so great. And the Prestige. And, Nicholas and, Rogue. And Nicholas Rogue. Candy. Candy. How about Candy Clark in that movie? She's great. Isn't she great? She's great. And your friendship with Paul McCartney. So we're we're he was getting divorced and we we were pals because Chrissy Hines, um, my best friend, and so she's very close with the McCartney family. So we we were just kind of helped each other through a a hard time. Um, I like his wife very much. Uh, um, Nancy, Nancy's yeah. sweetheart, and uh, I love his family. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. This I love. Um... Tell us about this the the Carson episode that you did. Do you remember what you complimented him on? On his he had I told him he had a great butt. <laughs> <laughs> I sent Gilbert the clip. You have that? Yes. Oh, that's, on YouTube. Oh, that's so that's one thing. You think that YouTube would have this, I know. the documentaries? I know. The things you don't want. That's so strange. The documentaries though, like searching. I wonder how you do we'll, that. We'll find it. Yeah, I just gotta give it to them. <laughs> so you, you told him that he had a great that you saw him in tennis shorts. I saw him walking out of the Beverly Hills Hotel in, in a tennis outfit with his tennis racket like he had had a lunch or something. And, and I, had, I you know, he did have one of those. He had a great tush. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever meet Carson, Gilbert? No. Oh, you never met him in so your travels. Never did the no, you Carson never did the Carson show. show. You did the Leno show a million times. Yeah, Leno, the... uh, uh, Letterman, but never yeah. did Carson. Do you know who was sitting next to you on that Carson show? Oh. The guest that preceded you? Liberace. It? Was it? Liberace. Yes, I watched the clip. <laughs> was I actually on with him? Yes, he was on panel next to you. It's hard to mistake him. <laughs> I have yeah. to, I mean, that's so funny. Yeah, I was I was going to ask if you interacted with him. He doesn't exactly. Oh, but I didn't like get probably I was just yeah, I didn't get get it. Your second uh, episode you were with Alan Thick, who was a yeah, friend of Gilbert's. Right. Yeah. But your first episode it was you and Liberace, which is just That's so funny. Surreal. Liberace's not someone who can just uh, blend in with the crowd. No, I um, and I was so nervous and young, and but um, he I he liked me. He was very sweet to me. Um, you know, it's kind of hard doing doing those talk shows live. I did it last night with Andy Cohen. And I was I was very nervous, but it was fun. And you worked with Michael Jackson too. You're you're in he, you're in a video. He 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 had a video called uh, "Librarian Girl." Yes, but I knew him uh, because I was friends with. Um, Quincy Jones, and during the Thriller album, I was there a lot. 
around the um, the Thriller album and in the studio oh, when he was making, he thanks me on the record. But he thought I Steve Picaro who um, was in the band Toto was my boyfriend and he wrote the song Human Human Nature. So he's in. It says thank you to to Steve and Rosanna Picaro thinking we were married but we weren't. Oh, interesting. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a showbiz elig, yeah. Rosanna. You've been around for, you, you've been a witness. I know, I have. For all oh, of this gosh. great stuff. I know, I know. All this I wonderful know. show. And you were, you were when, when Dylan went electric, you were there too? Well, because my parents. Was that Newport? It was Newport. So I actually, I, they were there. Wow. And I was a kid. I don't, can I, I can say that I don't remember anything. But, okay. But just but to they, have been there. They brought me. Yeah. By the way, that was July 25th, yeah. 1965. <gasps> Tomorrow is the anniversary. That's, uh, what is that? 1965, so yeah. Wow. 53 years. Wow, I said 50, wow, see? 53 wow, years see? since Dylan went electric. I say wow all the time. And that was like a scandal. Yeah. That Dylan did it was. electric. It was. They were so so angry. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't remember any of that, but my mom always told me that you, you were there. We were there. Um, the new the the um, Philadelphia Folk Festival they would do every year, and um, we performed as actors in in the festival, like uh, children's Paul Sills Story Theater. Did you know Paul Sills? Did you ever see Story Theater? It was on Broadway, and it was it was the um, hello fairy tales, um, all different uh, fairy tales done in Story Theater technique. Viola Spolin created the theater games, and her son was Paul Sills, who directed it. Sure, and Paul Sills and was the founder Grimm's of the— Grimm's Fairy Tales. It was Grimm's Fairy Tales done in the space, and it was incredible music. And you can get—there's a live record of it, which if you can find, it's so incredible. And it was Melinda Dillon and Dick Stahl and Dick Richard Shaw and Richard Libertini. Oh, we love him. Um, uh Hamilton Camp, who was my godfather. Right. Well, these were these were Compass yeah, players, people, all, and Second yeah. City people. Yes. So yeah. they they d- did the show, and there's a there is an album of it, and it was on Broadway. I want to revive it. I was just talking. Heard um, the, the daughter of of Paul Sills how we could do this, and I'd love to do it with our family. What great talent! And you know Hamilton Camp. You, you know you probably know him as a character yeah. actor, but he was also a folky. He was yeah. Gibson and Camp. Yeah. Big famous. Uh, one of the big influences of Neil Young. Yeah, but those the people you're naming. You could get those records. Um, it's worth. Hamilton Camp has two amazing records. I know. I remember him like yeah. your dad. I remember yeah. him as a yeah. as a as a face turning up they on, were best on sitcoms. My dad and him were best best friends. And Paul Sills, all of those yeah. th- those yeah. people, and and the names you're mentioning. So that was our my childhood. Libertini. Yeah, growing up with all those people around, and then having um, Viola Spolin, um, my first. Theater piece and it was a show called Metamorphosis, which was Ovid's Metamorphosis done in the same way, a theater uh, technique, um, story theater technique, and you know being able to work with Viola in the in the workshops because she she wrote improvisation for the theater, and so all the theater games were created by her. And these you're saying there's an album that's available? So write story theater, and there is a album down. out there that you can get on eBay, and it's worth getting and listening to because it's fantastic. Got to get my hands on that. Yeah. Wow. As we as we wind down, Rosanna, we could ask you a lot of stuff, but uh, take your pick from these. Do you remember anything about making? Uh, you can we, you can tell us if you remember anything about making Sob with Blake Edwards. I do, and I actually just 
I might have told that story somewhere recently, um, but it was my first sexual harassment moment in my career. It's very sad. And I feel bad because, you know, he's not here anymore. But, it, you know, I think it's an important story. And I really loved his daughter, Jennifer, who played. We, we were the hitchhikers that that, right. um, that were picked up. But I got the role. I had a bikini top. Um, we all wore bikinis. And I got the role. And there's it, William Holden, Robert Preston, sure, Julie Andrews. Cast. I mean, incredible cast. Robert Weber. Robert Weber. Yeah. And I... Um, and so, you know, Blake said, okay, so, uh, yeah, you stand over there, but, you know, what? Well, lose the bikini top. I was like, what, what, what? Well, Mr. Edwards, what do you mean, lose the bikini top? You mean I have to show my breasts? And he goes, yeah, yeah, you have a problem with that? And I said, well, I didn't know I was going to do that. I, I, and I was 18, and I was, I'm not, I was 19, I think. Um, I was young, and I just, he's a caller agent, uh, you know, he, he, he he intimidated me like I was going to lose a job if I didn't do it. I mean, it's a sad story. Oh, and, I didn't. Well, I mean, and, he, and he's a good guy. He's made great movies. Yeah. But at the time, you know, people didn't have the consciousness. That was just part of the deal, you know. And I didn't know how to say no. So it was I was one of those women that was intimidated to do that. It ended up being cut, thank God. That's unfortunate. But it really, it really, uh, it, 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 it injured my spirit. It did. And, um, you know, the movie was a big hit, but that whole thing was a cut. How about a happier memory? How about making uh, Pulp Fiction with Tarantino? That was fun. Um, he is, you know, he is a master director. A lot of rehearsal. We rehearsed, you know, the crap out of it. And, uh, and, I, and I had a great experience working with him. I did. I liked him a lot. Uh, I heard you say you had trouble. You were you were pregnant, and you had trouble watching that scene. So I didn't see the movie for probably ten years afterwards oh, because that's I funny. was I was when I finally did see the movie, I was about eight months pregnant or almost about to give birth when I saw the film, and I I had to leave. It was too violent for me. I just was like covering my baby, you know. I was like, oh, this is too violent, so I left. So I never really saw the movie until about ten years later, and it really is a good movie. Alexis is in that movie. My. My uh, yes. my trans sister yes. that died of AIDS two years ago. Yes, almost two years in September. Before we go, do you want to tell us anything? What else do I have on the cards? You want to tell us about uh, Hal Ashby? Do you want to tell us about Jason Robards? I love both of those men, but I loved both of them. I loved; they were both wonderful. Um, Jason was fantastic, but Hal was my pal. Hal was my pal, and we, what a, what a we body hung of work. out. We hung out. Well, some of my favorite movies. Yeah, ours too. And, and Gilbert the loves world. the last detail. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. oh, come on. And Landlord, and there's and Lee. Being, and but being for there. me, it being there, Shampoo. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Lee again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shampoo. And, and she, being there with she won the Oscar for Eliana's that, grandfather. Yeah. She did. Being there is such an incredible film. Uh, Peter Sellers, I he just was what he also had the gift of, like Martin Scorsese does, is um, the gift of music and understanding, standing the 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 marriage between with music and contemporary music and and yeah. uh, and film. Hal had that, like Martin Scorsese does, but he was such a a wonderful human being, and they took the movie away from him that I did with him, um, which was his last movie, Eight Million Ways, Eight million to, ways die. to Die, which was an Oliver Stone script. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just took the film away from the greatest editor 
It's a sad story. It's, it's, such, it's, it, in, it, it's it, in the book, Easy Riders it, and Raging, yeah, Raging Bulls. You it can killed him. Yeah. It did. It really did. And I remember seeing him and having to go to um, uh, in front of a judge. What, what, arbitra- what is it called? Arbitrator. Arbitra- arbitrator. Yeah. And, and they were just trying to tear him apart like he wasn't fit to do this movie. And he was. It was horrible. And I got in their face. I said, he's the most amazing director I ever worked with. And, and he sent me... He would send me a lot of cassettes of movies to watch because at that time we had like the VHSs, sure. you know, actually, and he sent me Summertime. He wanted me to see Summertime with Catherine Hepburn in, in Venice. He sent me. That's the way I was born. She fell in the fountain. Yes. Not the year. The, well, the, forever. Because it was so. Year problem. Did she have vertigo? I don't know what happened. She, but she was, was with. Um, she was Rosanna Brazzi. Yeah. She got sick. She got I, sick I because it was so... She have something with her eye. It may have been her eye. I it thought was it was so polluted. It was like a, it was a bacteria that got in and they could never get rid of it. Yeah, I think it was. It affected her eyes for yeah. the rest of her life. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bacterial... So he sent you movies. He would send me movies and um, we'd listen to music and uh, hang out in Malibu and he was just one of the great men. There's a documentary on him. Um, is there? That's, I'm, I'm that, going to write this down too. That I, I'm in. Okay. Um, that's, uh, um, I think, produce that. Oh my God. I'll find it. Yeah. And you have to find Terrible. the Tower Christine Records. B, did Christine do that movie? I think it's, or she did it one on, oh, I'm so confused. <gasps> that's okay. There's, I've been a, in a couple of documentaries recently of being interviewed. He made a good Stones concert movie too. Let's he spend did. the night together. He did. Yeah, he's... Well, he could do no wrong. He's me too. I, I would say probably one my favorite up right up there with Marty. <laughs> so tell us uh And Fellini. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I know you like Powell and Pressburger and Well, I do love the red yeah, shoes. I know. And um There's, you've seen Stairway to Heaven, haven't you? Was it the, the one with Niven? Yes. Yeah. But they that was they changed the title changed to A Matter to, of they, Life they and did. Death. Yeah, it's a matter of life and death. Yeah. Colonel Blimp. Oh, the the oh, that's a different one. No, isn't it? Um, I thought it was a matter of life. Uh, and a matter of life and death was Stairway to Heaven. They changed the title, which is the. That's w- where the Led Zeppelin got that. R- that's right. That's <laughs> right. Very good. Very good. Tell us about the your your projects, your various projects. Tell us about the Alexis Project, about uh, so the Alex- Wom- Womanity Foundation, and oh. what you're what you're doing. So the Alexis Project. Um, when Alexis died on September 11th, it will be uh, two years. Um, it was really devastating for our whole family and really, you know, losing our parents. But Alexis was just the light and the kind of the through line for everybody. So it really fractured us all. We're all kind of just in PSTD and coming back together. But I'm the eldest and I just, you know, felt very compelled to put together a um, a, a uh, foundation. So the Alexis Arquette Family Foundation. And then we partnered with Dr. Astrid Hagar of the Violence Intervention Program in New York, in, um, in um, Los Angeles at USC Medical Center, and we've just opened a clinic called the Alexis Project, and it helps LGBTQ youth, um, and you know, the very marginalized community, yeah. and and they need help. So people can go online if they want to support it, and yeah, and, and, it would be and, great and learn about it. Yeah. And there's a website for the Alexis Arquette Family Foundation. We're we're just figuring it out. I, I think of it as a tree with all these branches, and everybody has a branch to do what they want. So everybody might want to, you know, do it in different ways, give money. But, you know, we're raising money to, 
to be able to do that. And it's it's very new. But the the Alexis project is actually up and running now. We announced it on the one year anniversary of Alexis's death, and now it's actually a clinic, and we're going to open them across the country. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. You're doing good work Thank for a, for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, well for, for the trans community, for women. For women. And we all are still at it. And, this, the most and for important, justice. And for justice, the most important thing right now for all of us is, as Americans. Just is, to survive. Is to survive and <laughs> hold on to our democracy. Yes. And in order to do that, we have to vote. And everybody needs to vote. And get your children and your everybody who can vote. Um, because uh, what's happening here is we've never seen anything like this. It's, it's uh, Agreed. Gil, anything else for this lovely lady? I could talk to you for hours just about music. Yeah, I could too. We could do that. I'm going to send you the documentary. You'll like it because it's a good one. I could just sit here and talk about your favorite albums. Okay, I will. Let's do that. (laughs) I would say... I I know you're a Led Zepp person. No, but I really... I love Revolver. I love the beautiful... Patty, I love. Um, She's in my documentary. Um, But I love Revolver. I love that uh, Beatles record. I love love Radiohead. I think they're an amazing band. Um, I also have to tell you, Rosanna, that Gilbert's been sitting on this. He's been sitting on his hands for the last hour and a half because he wants to ask you. Yeah, okay. (laughs) The question you hate being asked. (laughs) What was it like to work with Madonna? No, 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 the other one. The Madonna one I'm going to be really good about. I won't mention Madonna. She but was great. The song Rosanna. Oh yes, okay. That's I was just asked that last night too. Um, so I was uh, dating the keyboard player Steve Picaro of Toto, but David Page actually wrote that song. And you know, I was there hanging out in the studio. They were making that record, and he he goes, "I want to." David took me, and it was like three in the morning. He goes, "I want to play you something," and he played the song for me. I was I was like, "Oh, that's neat." So it was inspired, use my name, but, you know, there you go. But that that's followed you your whole life. Yeah. I mean, they would do that. For uh, better I, or worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and was there another song written about you? Um, you know, I, I was with uh, Peter Gabriel for uh, a number of years, and um, so In Your Eyes was about me. If you're going to have a song written about you, that's a good one. Another life, a long, long time ago. I'm sure. Another lifetime. I'm still really close. What with a transcendent his, talent with, he is. With his daughters, I'm really close with his daughters. Um, and he has grandchildren now, so um, yeah, a whole different world. I got to see him inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was ago. supposed. To, they wanted me. I I wanted to go to that, but I missed it. I mean, I also was really close with uh, Tom Petty, and. Uh, Lost him this year. Yeah, so this was a rough year, boy. It was a rough another year. giant. Another giant. It was really sad. His uh, his daughter um, Adria is one of my dearest friends, and um, yeah, and her sister Kim too. But it was a tragedy. Well, I hope you keep making documentaries Thank about you. music. I'd like to. Did I say that Jonathan Lynn sends his uh, his best to oh, be sitting in that chair? That's so nice. Your director from the whole night. Well, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was. Oh, wait, wait. Ah, I mean, it might have been that movie. I got really bad reviews. Uh, <laughs> they killed me because what they didn't realize that I, I got really killed for my accent. But it actually, is a Cana- a Canadian French Canadian is very different than. Uh, oh, uh, that's uh, right. And so gonna... they went after me for it was French Canadian, and it is that I worked really hard with somebody, and they they talked like that, that you know, like not that. 
you know, the, the in the French, but it was more like ah in in the in the French Canadian. Anyway, so I got really. I think that might have been the last review. I burnt them all, and that was it. You're smart. They were mean. Gilbert's still reading his. <laughs> did you ever? I, did you ever get a, a bad review for a, for an acting performance for film? I well, I remember <laughs> or one of those golden review. raspberries or any of that. Uh, Pierre Lindstrom uh, was once reviewing a movie, and she said, and it also features. The disgusting Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, Bergman's daughter. Oh, that's so mean. What? <laughs> what did you do? What? 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 I, what is I your don't favorite performance? The movie, but I remember that review, and I that, thought, isn't that sad? Yeah, you remember I, I the, the negative time, review that hurt your feelings. I so, had a hard time watching Casablanca after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that's funny because of Mama. Okay, right, I got it. Right, right, what is right. your favorite favorite performances you've ever done? Oh God! Um, well, I I was very happy with that one scene in Beverly Hills Cop Two, where we're arguing over the traffic tickets. You and Eddie Murphy. We, we oh, improvised that's that. That's great. And of course, uh, the parrot in Aladdin. Oh, you're the parrot yeah, in Aladdin. Yeah, he's Iago. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's so great. So, do you do a lot of voiceovers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's your thing, right? And I always I, wanted to get in. I'd love to do a cartoon voice. You've never done one? No, I would love to do a okay. cartoon voice so much. We'll put that out there. I, know, I wish. Here's one of it's those things on I'll ask actors from time to time. What advice to give on acting? Oh, uh, Just tell the truth. What? It's just telling the truth. Just being um, super relaxed. I think in all those exercises that they do in the actor studio, and just to relax your body, you know, like you know, and you, when you see parodies of actors, you know, rolling their heads and stuff. But there's something about being actually really loose in your body and not constricted, so that when your body's relaxed, you kind of are more relaxed to bring in whatever the channel is that you're open to the muse. And I try to do that. Now, I've I've done, I feel like there's performances I've done that I feel are, you know, good. And then there's overacting, schmaltzy stuff that I've done too, and, uh, and I get very judgmental. But um, always going back to the truth. Do, do you have a lot of times... We've looked at stuff you've done and and just cringed. Yes, uh, and I don't actually watch my movies a lot. I mean, I, I, I I'm it, it's very hard for me to watch myself. So I usually cringe at most things. But there's a couple performances where I felt like okay, I I felt like I like After Hours. I like Baby It's You. Um, you have a great drunk scene, in Baby It's yeah, You. Yeah, and I did this. Um, yeah, that was that. Just That's came, funny. That was fun. Um, Matthew Modine's first movie. That's right. Yeah, he was. That was his first performance. And um, I, I worked with Matthew Modine in a movie called Funky Monkey. There you go. <laughs> you know he got ne- good reviews ne- for that. Never, one, never was released. I never <laughs> it saw escaped. It, it wasn't released. <laughs> it escaped. Uh, he, was, he was kind of really creepy and in, um, in, in good. As an in um, Stranger Things, that television show, he's yeah. good. he's good. He's all, I like him in yeah. Married to the Mob. Yeah, yeah, he had he's a good career. Been, yeah, yeah. He's so 
Is your daughter still acting? Your daughter uh, is she just is she she's been... she's doing fashion right now. Okay, um, figuring it out. Okay. Uh, she's really a wonderful actress, and I think if she wanted to go back into it, she did two movies with James Franco, and then didn't do decide not to work anymore. So um, I see, but I don't know. I don't. I think she just uh, she liked him very much, but I don't know. Um, that those were the only two things she did, and now. She's in London, and we'll see if she. I think she's really gifted, and I okay, love her. Great. To, I love her to act, but she'll do her thing. She studied. Well, let's recommend to our listeners. We did a whole show about After Hours, so if they haven't watched it by now, they need to watch it. Baby, it's you. Yeah. Which is uh, two two great performances. Uh, we, I love Life Lessons, which is part of uh, uh, New York Stories. And then new, uh, what's coming up new? I, I did a movie called Octavio's Dead um, with uh, Sarah Gaydon, um, who's a Canadian actress, wonderful actress. And then I did Puppy Love, which is coming out. Um, and I'm playing uh, Hopper Penn's mother in this uh, with Paz Del Huerta and, and Hopper Penn. And uh, some really good, uh, a lot of good actors in there. Who else is in there? Uh, and then I have a film called Holy Lands, which is a Amanda Steers, a French director that with um, Jonathan Rhys-Meyer and James Caan. Wow. So that so those are all coming out eventually. Wow. The small movies that, you know, either we'll see the light of day or not. We'll, I hope we'll you see. keep making documentaries. Okay. And I, and I, and I also, I think you need to. Are you to... saying like, just keep making documentaries? No. Stop acting. Is that what you're trying to tell me? But I, I like your subject matter. I like your subject matter. I like that you're a historian. I think there need to be more, more documentaries like yeah. that about the creative that. process. Yeah, I do like that. Um, and I think you need to uh, either host your own podcast or write a memoir or both. You should write a book. A lot of people have said that, but you know, you sure. can't kiss and tell. So you have to. But, but, <laughs> I know I, they but want you to dig up dirt. No, I don't want to. You know, I don't like that. But I really did. I was inspired by a few books, and Christine Lottie's book is really lovely. Check out Eliana's book. Yeah, it's I fun because it's also about her, just her love of the movies. Oh, which, yeah, no, and that's is, why she's on her. Yes. Turner Classic Movies. Yes. I, I got um, Ben Mankiewicz, and I've become, you know, friendly. We should have Ben on this show too. You definitely, there's should a have. guy that knows and talk. Oh, he had everything. He and, stories and, forever. And a famous family. Oh. Mangoa, hello, <laughs> yeah. Me. yeah, and then that, some. That would be a really good one. Why don't you just go out to LA sometimes and just do a couple in scheduling? The my day job, his road, oh. his road schedule. It's hard for What's us to your, get. Anywhere. Are you going on the road? Yeah, a lot of stand-up gigs and stuff. Are you? Wow, that's so cool. Oh, I'll. I'll are you? Are you? Do you cross paths with a lot of other comedians? And no, like uh, yeah, not usually at my gigs. It's usually when as an event or something. Right, right. Cross paths. I want to see. You. I haven't seen you. I got to see your stand up. You'll like it. It's filled with uh, obscure references to old movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your favorite movie? If you had to choose one movie, what would it be? Oh, Gil. Oh, my God. That's that's too difficult. Wow. One. There's so many movies I, I like. If you, just, if you could only, if you were on, okay, on a desert island and you only could pick three, what would they be? Holy Well, shit. Well, he picked, he was on with Robert Osborne yeah. on TCM and, and he picked there, four. There oh, I you picked. Were? Yeah, you were? Was. I got to see that. Oh, yeah. He was great. Oh, he was. Uh, I there there I picked of uh, the the original of Mice and Men, okay, with Lon Chaney and Burgess Meredith. Yes, 
are the conversation with Gene Hackman. Opala. A Freaks. That was Todd Browning. Wow. And, yeah, I love that movie. How many times did I say wow? <laughs> and and The Swimmer with Burt Lancaster. Oh. Frank Perry. That's an eclectic collection Very of films, Gilbert. Yeah. I had shows, like, I would have done, because I really, at one point, I, I, I thought I was going to do it, and then I never got to do it, but I would have done The Red Shoes. You know what? Um, um, Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Sure, because Oh, yes. Great one. Oh, and, and Mankiewicz. And I'd, Splendor in the Grass. Kazan again. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Streetcar. Yeah. We were going to do Brando's story. Yeah. I love a tree grows in Brooklyn. Mankiewicz, when he was introducing the segment that I was doing with uh, Robert Osborne, he said that it's interesting that I didn't pick any comedies. Well, the the listeners of this show say that. They say Gilbert doesn't like comedies. That's funny. Yeah. So what am I – I can watch over and over again um, some like it hot. Right. You know? It's great. We talked about Wilder films on here, too. You know, we, we used to do many episodes on Thursdays. We just talk about movies we loved. And we talk about Ace in the Hole, and we talk about uh, being there. I'd, I'd tell you, speaking of Ashby, I'd put that on any list. Right? Being, being there. there. Well, and I'd throw, we, I'd throw Terrence Malick's Days of Heaven oh, on that list, which is One of my favorite. That, that's, just, that was on my list. I have to swear to God. It's on one of my You know a movie that's really obscure that I think would make a great remake if you're to but in a different way? Um and I loved this movie. Is Inside Daisy Clover oh, with, with uh, Natalie, Natalie Wood, Wood. Yeah. Robert Redford, um, Christopher Plummer. Never seen it. You got to see. Did Robert guys... Mulligan make that yes. picture? Yes, you have to see. No, yeah, uh, uh, he did. Yeah, um, Pakula produced it. Alan Pakula produced it. Have you seen it? No, I've. You have seen to it. see this movie. It seems like one of those movies I probably watched like fifty times when I was three. And <laughs> no, I've never seen it. it. It's what it's <laughs> try to. Okay, it's, I will. It's really great. I Ruth Gordon is in it. The best. So Harold Amott is one of my favorite movies. Sure. And that there you go is that how Hal Ashby? Yeah. So um, they don't make him like yeah, that they anymore. They do not make it, and no. his use of music, how he used Cat Stevens. Yep. Records. Yep. Do you think that movies? I know movie theaters are closing up like yeah, crazy. It's, no. Do you think movies are ending? Well, I mean, I'm here to in New York to promote a television show that is not on a n- actual real network. It's on sure. on a, online. It's YouTube Originals, and that's their like Netflix. And they're turning it into that where you, they're going to have original pro, pro, programming, and you know that's what I'm doing. The business is changing. It's changing, and it's just I'm really happy and grateful that I, and I know you are, and you are that we actually got to make movies and be a part of film and and lived in that. I'm I'm very grateful for the the uh, the directors I got to work with, and you work with great directors. I did. Beresford had, and. Huh? Bruce Beresford. Oh, and, that's and, and Hal Ashby oh, that's right. and uh, well, Bruce. Well, that was and, we're and, talking about because that was that was a little kind of favor. Uh, Catherine Keener and um, Jane Sonder, right. friends of mine. It was peace, love, and misunderstanding. I actually just I got a phone call from Jane. She goes, "Come on and hang out with us and, like, for a week in Woodstock." So they kind of just put me in the movie and just played this, you know, 
cameo, and but it was fun. You work with some great people. Yeah. You've had a wonderful, wonderful. and Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi. Yeah, another person we lost. Yeah. That was really sad. What do you think, Gil? Ah, let this lady's got okay? a car service coming. Yes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> right. Am I boring you? No. <laughs> you want to tell the Brando story quickly? Okay, really fast. Before we run? Brando's, I was sitting, I was in on Ventura Boulevard in the Valley having a salad. I was going to go to an audition and there was Marlon Brando sitting across with me with his, I think, then wife. Um, I, I think I was about, I must have been 20. And I went, I love him so much. And I just kept, I kept staring at him and staring at him, just staring. And finally, I, he got it and he just put his menu up over his face. <laughs> oh, my Jeez. God. And I was just like so mortified and ah. just like so embarrassed. And then I went, Mr. Mr. Brando, I'm gonna, um, I just want to tell you that, like I was just a gushing <laughs> Did he know who you were? No, no, no. Because I was, and he goes, he goes, thank oh. you, you're very kind. Thank you, you're very kind. And he goes, are you an actress? I said, yes. And he goes, and then he was. He said, "Good." And he actually said, "I thought he may have said to me, tell the truth.'" Wow. He may have actually been. I'm, I, why can't I remember that moment? But I feel like he's he's the one that actually said those words to me. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. And I just he has an island, you know, that Mike Metavoy, um, is had his his uh, estate. And he, they made a, his island in Tahiti is now this beautiful resort um, that I got to go to. And it's really beautiful. Very cool. Yeah. He, I mean, he, I don't know if he'd love the resort. He, he, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's all sustainable living and fantastic. It's absolutely exquisite. But I mean, he was a, you know, he was living in the woods and in the woods, in the jungle. An interesting man, an interesting life. Yeah. And then if you get down to like trauma and stuff, I think because we're understanding so much of that and abuse and his relationship with his father. If you ever saw him on who your life, what is that? Um, this is your this life. Is your life. Yeah, I know a little bit Did about his relationship one? with his father. Yeah. That really, you could see, you could see how it really affected his psyche. Very much so. But on that note, should we not leave on that note? Yes. We should we'd say we have to leave on something funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> how, many, how much? How many times we say wow and oh my god? I know. It's the three things I say too much. Wow. Oh my god. And amazing. It's embarrassing. I, I know. I ha- I do have a bigger vocabulary. I just don't use it. I don't I, know why. I is become, it laziness? What is that? I become so aware yeah. of stuff that I say. Just because people tweet it and and they say they've got either drinking or smoking a joint or uh, any yeah. kind of drugs and drinking, they'll do a hit. We have a lot of listeners who are just obsessed about the, the minutiae of, of this show, like what I say when I say at the end. I, uh, Scratching the surface. I always say to the guests, we've barely scratched the surface. Oh, okay. So people have a drink. And he and, says, wow. And, okay. Wow. People are oh, too obsessed. Oh, and... Another one, when I was a kid. Right. A very... Uh, they also they, love that we never end the show. That's right. <laughs> oh, we just, we're going on and on and on. Are we live right now? No. Oh, okay. We'll okay. I was going to say... We'll edit it and okay, put good, it together. Okay, thank God. To your specifications. Okay, thank, well, no, you whatever. You, if you there's feel something that, you want to take out. Maybe just cut out some of the... 
Oh my God's and uh, amazing, <laughs> no, amazing, I, I amazing. Think, I, I think it's very Californian. I'm not Cali- now. Amazing will be a new drinking game. I know, exactly. <laughs> right How many times can Romano forget say amazing? <laughs> this lady's got a car coming. Let okay, her go, let her go home. So this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal party. Amazing, amazing, right amazing. <laughs> Draw that connection. <laughs> Holy shit. It's true. Amazing. It is amazing. And with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and we're in the uh, no longer in existence. <laughs> well, they're transitioning. No. They're transitioning, but you have a studio you're going to, right? Well, yes. Yes, yes in and, September. And, and we've been talking to uh, the amazing <laughs> Rosanna Arquette. Thank you both. Rosanna, we could keep going. You well, we can. I'll come back and please do. Another, another time. Scratch the please surface. Please do come back. Wow. And thanks <laughs> thanks oh for squeezing God. us. Oh, my God. <laughs> thanks for squeezing us into your schedule. Thank you for having me. Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Dara Gottfried and Frank Santapadre with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Web and social media is handled by Mike McPadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to Paul Rayburn, John Murray, John Fodiatis, and Nutmeg Creative. Especially Sam Giovanco and Daniel Farrell for their assistance. <laughs>